Hello, welcome to Tay to Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about Slut, Slut. from 1989, Taylor's version from The Vault. Yes, and today we are discussing the song The Alcott from the Nationals album, First Two Pages of Frankenstein. And just so everybody remembers, one of our guidelines through this podcast is any song Taylor has written and performed. Yeah, so any we will cover any song that she has done both mm-hmm. things for. If she's only done one for, technically it doesn't count as her song yes. in our criteria. Indeed. And we'll probably cover those eventually. Yes. But not within our alphabet. Indeed. So she did help write this song, and she is also featured on this song. So it's also our first the song in T. No, we already did the one. I am lying. It's not our first the song. No, we we hit the (laughs) buzz with the one. But this is the first non-number the, because (laughs) the one is. is the number one, and this is A. So here we go. Yes. Getting closer and closer to the archer. So close. And the story of us. Oh. And the other side of the door. Wow. So a lot many of, great a lot buzz. of great buzz. So many good buzz. The Alcott is the seventh track on First Two Pages of Frankenstein. First Two Pages of Frankenstein was released on April 28, 2023. This song was the first single off the album. The song was co written by Taylor, Aaron Dessner, and Matt Berenger. This song has yet to be played live. I wonder if she will ever perform it on this next leg of the Eras tour. Oh, yeah, especially if there's ever a night where Aaron's there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Matt would have to be there, Matt too. Matt would have to be there, too. Mm, so she would probably have to perform it with the National. That would be so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet they're touring. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm. Devin, mm-hmm. what do you think of the Alcott? Gotta say, not the biggest National listener. I don't know many of their songs. Mm. So I don't really have much to say about the band itself. I can only talk about my experience with this song and the stuff that I've heard with Taylor involved. Mm -hmm. It has been cool to be introduced to them through Taylor and Aaron's collaborations. I had no idea who Aaron Dessner was before Folklore. It was really cool to see those collaborations happen and how much they love working together and then how they've just continued to make so much music since then. It's been really cool to see them perform together a bunch and it seems like they genuinely like love each other and love working together. It's also been really cool because now like Ed Sheeran was collaborating with Aaron Dessner on his latest album and and so like they're all kind of like working together and meeting each other and all Taylor's friends are like working with each other and vice versa. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, it's a really cool creative world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really actually like this song. I think that the vibe is just such a mood. It, it's it's just so soothing and relaxing mm. and it beautifully does what I think it's supposed to do and just like lull you into a sense of like of comfort and yet it, it, it's talking about a really difficult situation that mm-hmm. they're in but but it, it's sung so hauntingly and so beautifully that it, it's it, it's really profound i i call matt berenger's vocals on this wonderfully lazy he and that's not yeah I don't what think does that, that mean that's to a you? bad thing to me yeah uh, so I picture him in the recording studio kind of just, like, right up against the microphone mm. and being just like... 
But I think that's just how he sings. Yeah, yeah and that's totally fine. And and I, I think it works very well here. And mm. I think it probably works really well with the rest of their sound. It just... That's why I say wonderfully lazy instead of like like oh like terribly lazy or mm. whatever. Lazy is hard. Like singing lazily is tough to make it sound good. Interesting. And, and to make you know to have the words all pronounced well and diction mm-hmm. and everything. It, it's it, it comes with I think the timbre of his voice, the range, and the the slow lilt of the song that feels. It feels very relaxed. It feels very wonderfully lazy. Mm, interesting. I, I don't think I would use the word, like, lazy, but I don't... I understand what you're saying. Like, I don't know what word I would use for it. But, yeah, his vocal is very, very specific. Yeah. And for those who don't remember, this is the same vocalist as Devin's favorite, Coney Island. <laughs> so, um, it's very interesting, like... You know, only having these couple of experiences with his voice, um, I I don't know other voices like it Mm-mm. at all. <laughs> Mm-mm. Yeah, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And Taylor's voice is like a f- full on juxtaposition mm-hmm. with hi- with this. It is so different and could not be like more alive and fast. Yeah, and it's it's so fun to hear them bounce back off of each other. Mm-hmm. The verses are really great, but I think the chorus is where the song really shines, mm-hmm. especially the second and third time through with Taylor's call and response there. Yeah. The interjections are, like, incredibly important, I think, because without them, I think the song would be just totally flat mm-hmm. and wouldn't go anywhere. I don't know if those were the parts that she wrote, the the interjections there, to maybe, like, up the ante mm-hmm. here a little bit, but... I think without those, this would be a very, very slow and boring song for me. Yeah, I don't know if they would have released this song without those. Like, there'd be something else here, probably. Yeah, Yeah. maybe, yeah. I think that it's really interesting because he has this, like, super slow, like, last thing you wanted. Mm -hmm. It's like this very slow lilting thing, and she's got this very fast... Uh, give me some yeah and it's up the octave from him and it's very very interesting to listen to I really really like it a lot some really fantastic lyrics here I had to do something to break into your golden thinking I think is really interesting you tell me your problems and then she interjects, have I become one of your problems? Oh. Like, so, so good. And yeah. then, of course, did my love aid and abet you, mm-hmm. which is, I think, everybody's like, oh my god, that line. Yeah. Overall, a nice song. I, I like to listen to this one when I'm on the train in the morning and want to snooze a little. <laughs> and I and I mean that in the best way. I know, I know. I have music like that, too. Yeah, I mean that in the total best way. I think that this song does what it's supposed to do. And I think that having Taylor involved in this has increased the listenability of the song for me. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I would like the song without her in it. Yeah, I agree. So that's, that's where I'm at. Gab, what do you think about the Alcott? So though I'm a huge fan of the Aaron Dessner Taylor collaboration in general, um, I would say I'm not the biggest national fan. I'm just not really drawn to their songs. I've had trouble kind of like connecting to their music. However, I like 
generally really like the songs that Taylor has collaborated with them on ish, even though I know technically Renegade by Big Red Machine isn't the national, but it has Aaron in it. Yeah. But like I love that song. But yeah, so I like I wanna kinda try and delve a tiny bit more into the national world, but it might just not be for me. Yeah. Exactly. And that's okay. I really love the production of this song, which really isn't surprising given that I tend to love Aaron's production. I love how piano forward the mm-hmm. song is. I think that's really beautiful. And then I agree, Taylor absolutely makes this song. Her and Matt's voices sound just like really beautiful and dynamic, winding around mm. each other. I think the tone of Taylor's voice is really interesting here. It's like light and airy while also being in her deeper register. Mm -hmm. Really cool. And then, yeah, my favorite part of the song is, you know, as they're singing the chorus and Taylor's doing all the echoes. And it makes this song into a dialogue between the two of them. It's not just singing. They are corresponding to each other, which is very cool storytelling within this song. And I think creates a dynamic nature to the song that, yeah, I agree, would not exist without Taylor's contribution. I think that there are some elements of the song that are reminiscent of Exile, which is, you know, not surprising given that it's similar collaborators, but it's a different story than that. And overall, I just kind of think the song is like very pretty. It's emotional. I definitely like it. I'm just not drawn to listen to it on repeat like some of their other collaborations. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't say I like this more than anything on folklore yeah but maybe a couple things on evermore mm-hmm. maybe like i don't know i don't know i really would have to think about that mm-hmm. but yeah i don't like it more than renegade but I, I do really like this song and given that before we covered this i couldn't remember how this song went like that's <laughs> that's positive yeah, <laughs> yeah. devin mm-hmm. do you relate to the alcott no not really I've never been in a relationship like this, and now I don't think I ever will be. <laughs> Hopefully not. At this point? Yeah. One, one day, you know, in like our 90s, I meet you at the Alcott. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting relationship because it seems very long and arduous and full of a lot of stuff. Yes. It seems like yes. an incredibly... Like, you know, middle-aged, mm-hmm. like, maybe they've been separated, potentially looking at divorce or something. Yeah. And they're coming back to each other for this one night and seeing each other and, and he's falling back in love. And what does that mean? And yeah, is she, are, you know, are they into it? Are they not? What are they thinking? He's thinking one thing. They're thinking another thing. Who knows? Yeah. It's gotta be difficult. Yeah. To be in that kind of, of a position. Yeah, so that I, I can't relate to this really at all. Yeah. There was one thing I forgot to mention about in the liking is that the use of golden is mm-hmm. really interesting. And we know what Taylor thinks about gold and golden is a color. And yeah. so he, you know, talking about her golden notebook and golden thinking, mm-hmm. I think that's a very interesting use of color to describe maybe something like that transcends mm. that, that is precious mm, yeah i i read it almost as idealistic yeah it's interesting like you know because we know how taylor codes colors like what does gold really mean to matt berenger mm-hmm. it's interesting yeah mm-hmm. yeah gab can you relate i feel similarly um it this might be a generalization but i think that i sometimes have trouble relating to national songs because they deal with 
more mature themes mm. that maybe like require age and time to fully relate to. That's like a major generalization, but I feel that way about this song. The relationship in this song definitely feels like one that's been for like a while, like, you know, longer than tw- 10, 20 years, maybe even more, maybe like a 40 year marriage. It feels very weathered and like they've been through the ringer, mm. like they've been through a lot together. I've also never been in a relationship where I've ever fallen out of love with someone, which is what I assume happened here, because how do you fall back in love with Mm -hmm. someone if you haven't fallen out of it? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I've only ever been dumped and forced out of love. So this is, like, a super foreign idea to me to fall out of love with someone to be able to fall back in love with them. Yeah. And I I feel like it'll always be a foreign idea to me. (laughs) We can only hope. We obviously don't have that age and maturity where we, like, understand what that experience is like. Yeah. But, yeah. So it just feels definitely... Definitely, like, something that we may understand this song one day. Like, not necessarily in, like, a negative way, but, like, just, like, experience, like, lived experience. But I definitely don't feel like I can relate to it now. For sure. Yeah. And now we get to the segment of... Gossip. The Alcott Began is a piano track that Aaron Dessner gave to Matt Berenger. After Berenger wrote vocals to Desner's piano track, he thought of Taylor and sent the demo over to her. He waited 20 minutes for her to reply, thinking she would turn them down, but instead she had already sent him a voice note of her contribution and how she could sing around Berenger's vocals and included some new lyrics. Oh my god. The band then created an arrangement and built the song up from there, which is like amazing. And in 20 minutes, like, are you kidding me, Taylor? It's wild. And that's like, I think, kind of like a really cool microcosm of their friendship and creative process together like very fascinating that it can happen that quick regarding the collaboration aaron desner told vulture we hadn't even talked about him inviting her to be on the record partially because no one was on the record at that point and also i never want to put pressure on anybody unless it really makes sense Mm -hmm. but there was something about that song i thought she'd really respond to she quickly rewrote it as this conversation or dialogue between two lovers that helped shape where we went with the production of it Mm. He also said, We've been collaborating so consistently since Folklore that I think it's natural. She loves The National and had heard lots of what we were working on. I'd send it to her. I wasn't openly saying, I'd love if you could do something, and she wasn't saying that either. It just depend on the song. Before I sent this to her, I talked to Matt, and he agreed it might be the one to see if she has any ideas. There's a long history of The National opening up to other people and benefiting from it. Back to even the very beginning of the band, there's always been these other people who influence us and help solve riddles. It was like that. You're lucky when you happen to have a friend who is one of the greatest songwriters ever. End fast. Hmm. So, so cool. Wow. In that same interview, he also said, Her counter melodies in the chorus and the bridge, it's like two lovers almost talking over each other. Mm. It's something that's much bolder than someone singing along or just harmonizing. That is her gift. She has a storyteller's mind and a musical sense of boldness. Wow. I love how much they admire each other and their creativity. Like, they're just like, I feel like, creative soulmates. I agree. Yep. And it's true. I feel like Taylor's part in this song creates this full story absolutely and it's not just his side and it's really fantastic and how cool to have that kind of a friendship with taylor swift i also love just like how collaborative the national is Mm -hmm. like that's really cool too Regarding the name of the song, The Alcott, Matt Berenger described to Zane Lowe from Apple Music about uh, it being a couple in a hotel bar named The Alcott. Mm. And he said, 
I was imagining a scene, a contained moment and narrative between two people, someone meeting someone at a place they used to hang out, or maybe the other person wasn't expecting them, but knew they would be there. Mm. It's just two people that maybe have a chance to reconnect and maybe they don't. Oh. Which is a cool way to speak about the song, too. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I can just, like, picture it. Like, Mm -hmm. there's this hotel in my college town that I think they redid it, and it's probably really nice now. (laughs) But it used to be called the Algonquin, I think. I could be really wrong about that. And it was super run down and seemed, like, really haunted Mm. during the years I was in uh, in, at school living there. Not Not at the hotel. Living in the town. And I kind of pictured that, this kind of slightly run-down hotel, but, like, they used to frequent it a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they're friends with the bartender or mm-hmm. something, and they hang out there. It's, like, hazy, and there's, yeah. there's like, you know, candlelight. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And she's, like, in the shadows in the back, and you see this, like, golden gleaming, and it's her notebook. Her golden notebook. Yes. Yeah. The lyric, Did My Love Aid and Abet You?, To aid and abet means to assist someone in committing or to encourage someone to commit a crime. Generally, an aider and abetter is criminally liable to the same extent as the person committing the crime. So it's like she's saying, did my love lead you to fall back in love with me? Like as if that love is a crime Mm -hmm. almost. Um, Or that they're in this like challenging long-term relationship where he's hurt her. The lyric, I'll ruin it all over and over like I always do. Mm And then they find each other and fall back in love, even if it might fall apart again. And that lyric, how many times will I do this and you'll still believe? Mm. Um, You know, like, her love kind of allows this cycle to continue, maybe? That's kind of the, my love, Aiden, abet you. Like, Mm -hmm. we're both responsible for what's going on here. Yeah. It feels kind of like a toxic relationship. Yeah. Like, maybe they might have been better off without each other, but they can't live without each other. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also know that, like, the National writes a lot about, like, mental illness and, like, depression and how that affects relationships, Mm, too. mm -hmm. Um, This song doesn't quite feel that way, but it could just be that idea of two different people and their emotions and feelings and how maybe they hurt each other not intentionally. Yeah. And that obviously affects their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting that, yeah, it's a continuous cycle and it's, both of them are, are culprits. Yeah. Yes. In that cycle. Yes. Such a smart line. Wow. Devin, mm-hmm. what's your favorite line in the Alcott? I think I said it before, but I had to do something to break into your golden thinking. Mm. What would he have to do to break into that golden thinking? Interesting. Very interesting. And again, it's, it's very interesting that he uses golden to to talk about her mind and everything and that again like it's precious and that uh he he doesn't necessarily have access to it and it's Mm. something out of reach and then when he says golden notebook too like those are all the things that are in her head that she's writing down into the notebook and so the golden thinking gets put into the golden notebook with a golden pen and (laughs) golden ink yeah i just really really like it and i like the melody there too uh, to break into your golden thinking. And then yeah. Taylor does like this. Ah. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting because if I heard the term golden thinking outside the context of the song, mm-hmm. I I would think, you know, like, oh, she's pretending everything's okay, nothing's wrong. Mm. But I don't really get that vibe from the song necessarily. Mm-mm. It's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I like it a lot. Gab, what's your favorite line? 
To no surprise, I love Did My Love Aid and Abet You. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was the first lyric that I heard in the song and I went, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, she went there. I think it's really smart, really interesting. I love all the different examinations of love and thinking about love as like a crime is fascinating. Yeah. Love it. Okay, Devin. Mm-hmm. From one to ten golden notebooks, what do you give this song? This one's tough. Mm-hmm. This one's a tough rating for me. I think I'm going to give the Alcott six golden notebooks. Okay. I think so. I very much enjoy listening to mm-hmm. it. I don't listen to it a lot. Mm-hmm. When it does come on, I enjoy it quite a bit. I know that Taylor being a part of this is the only reason I listen to it. Yeah. And so I think that that brings it down a, t- a, a couple of notches mm-hmm. because it is a national song. Yeah. And so if I'm grading like this being a national song, I think it's it is it can only be helped by Taylor, and it does. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. So yeah, I think six here. From one to ten golden notebooks, will you give the Alcott? I think I'm going to give the Alcott seven golden notebooks. Okay. Yeah. I definitely underestimated this song and kind of wrote it off, which I feel like a little guilty about. Mm. Like I had only listened to it before we covered it, maybe three times, wow. to be completely honest. And I actually think it's now going to end up on my chill playlist. Cool. And I think I'm going to listen to it a lot more, probably listen to it on my like commutes or when mm-hmm. I shower. I really like it. I think it's going to fit in well with a lot of my folklore evermore listening. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I don't think I'm going to, like, put it on all the time or when I'm looking for a bop, but I think it'll have a specific, like, place in my listening. Very cool. Yeah. Listen along with us. You can check us out on Instagram at Tazy Podcast and give us all your thoughts. Do you have national songs to recommend to us? I think people totally did back in the day, I remember. Yes. So, yeah, any any further national songs to recommend to us? Maybe some of the other collabs on this album. Mm-hmm. What do you think the color gold and golden means here. hmm. Let us know. And remember, you can find exclusive bonus content on our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. And thank you as always to our patrons. You are the absolute best. Thank you. Well, next episode, we'll be covering our final vault track from 1989. Suburban Legends from 1989 Taylor's version. From the vault. From the vault. Come hang with us. (laughs) I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tay to Z. Thanks for listening. See you next time.